0: please visit our website at concordunited.org.
1: When I unplugged that and took it out of my back pocket after the first service, I thought, I I won't forget. Because you can't sit down with that thing in your back pocket. I won't forget. Tyler, I, I won't forget. There's no way I'd forget that. I forgot. So anyway, so... Um, Oh, uh, we need to talk about Holy Communion. We're going to have Holy Communion today. And the most important thing I can say about Holy Communion is this is not a United Methodist communion table. So it doesn't matter if you're a member of this church or not, or it doesn't matter if you're a member of any church or not. Uh, Jesus is the one who does the inviting to this table because it's, it's his body and his blood that we celebrate when we come together. Remember, he gave that for you and me. So if, you'll, if you can just come and receive with the idea that Jesus loves you enough to die for you and that whatever you might have in your life that's standing between you and him, whatever you think that might be, bring it up here. Then leave it up here and go back free and renewed and transformed. That's all, that's all Jesus is looking for today. So we invite you to come. There will be four stations there, 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 and there. No one will guide you to it. There will be no ushers. Uh, you just remember what we learned in kindergarten. We don't push. We don't shove. There's plenty for everybody. Just come to the one that seems nearest where you are and you will be blessed as we commune together. And by the way, for those who are worshiping online, you know, if you've got, um, if you've got one of those little plastic cups you put mouthwash in uh, and you want to just put some water, you can put some Diet Coke, whatever you have. If you don't have juice, it's okay. Jesus didn't use Welch's grape juice either. Uh, and, or, and if you have some salting crackers or a piece of a protein bar, it's okay. It's okay. We'd love for you to participate in Holy Communion with us wherever you are. Now, um, a few years ago, uh, we uh, were on a choir tour. Our church often will take the students of the youth choir on to all sorts of exotic places. In this case, we went to St. Louis, and we were someplace in Illinois having dinner at a Golden Corral. And I don't know if you've ever been in a Golden Corral with 50 or so kids from the age of 12 to 18, but it can be pretty rowdy. So so those of us who were chaperones were at one table, and the kids were at several you know, tables but they were kind of all together and we were letting them do their thing we were doing our thing and all of a sudden one kid comes running up to them and says something and they all get up and run off And we thought oh great There's a fist fight down there in front of the you know There's a fist fight in front of the barbecue ribs because somebody took the last one So we called one of them over so what's going on? <laughs> and this kid says they got this thing that spews chocolate <laughs> Well Okay, I'm in. A thing that spews chocolate. Uh, So obviously, these students had never seen a chocolate fountain before. I'm not sure how many I had seen. So they all just were running up to the chocolate fountain. And they had a little bin with uh, some marshmallows. And they had one with some little cubes of of, um, pound cake and maybe some strawberries. (laughs) But our kids, whatever they had in their hand. I mean, kids are sticking chicken legs under there and barbecue ribs well I, I know I saw at least one green bean go under there it was just like wow you know so so we just let them have at it as long as they didn't you know we just told them you know you can't take a bite of something and stick it back under there because I'm pretty sure that's not a never ending supply I believe that's recycling so um, but but they did and, and I decided i go back and get a strawberry or something for dessert and <laughs> i go back and there's one of our students is there and he's got his back to me I noticed the marshmallow bin is empty and just as he didn't see me there and just as I walked up he turned around He's <laughs> like that and I said, Did you get all the marshmallows? Maybe? So, you know, it was it was fun but but here here is this never ending supply of chocolate that's just overflowing and all you have to do is just whatever you got just dip it in there and partake and that's what they did and then they couldn't wait to come back and tell everybody else about what they had dipped in the chocolate and as we continue our sermon series this morning why church we're we're, we're talking about growing in faith. You know, we've talked about what it means to share Christ, what it means to serve others. And last week, we talked about growing in faith and character and how our, our if we know God, the whole point of growing in grace and growing in faith is to know, know more and more and more about God. Uh, and when we know about God, we know how much He loves us. We know that when bad things happen to us, it's not on purpose. You know, things happen. God gives us free will. Things happen. And because He loves us, He's like, hey, look, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really hate that this has happened but let me work with you and see if we can make something good out of it and we can find strength and perseverance that becomes character if we know that and the next week we'll talk about growing in faith and love Uh, I'm sorry hope but today we're going to talk about growing in faith and love and I've said this before in here and I said it last week as we talked The most important thing anybody on this planet will ever learn, the single most important thing anybody will ever learn in their lifetime, is that God loves you. Period. End of report. No qualifiers. Unconditionally, God loves you. So, so we learn that. But then, I think the second most important thing we learn is that God overflows. Hint. That's why I talked about the chocolate fountain. It, he overflows, uh, so that then we we dip our lives into this overflowing love and then it flows over into others. In fact, I would submit to you that God's love is meant to overflow into us and then flow over into others. That's that's why we have this love. Yes, it transforms us, but it also transforms people around us. Think about what is love? What does God's love do? Well, it it um, it cleanses, it heals, it 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 transforms. It it does all these things that we can't do. It creates. God took nothing, and, and because, it, because God is love, that's his nature. And because God is love, then it was, it was his love that created everything that is. And so he makes, thing, he makes new things, but then he also makes old things new when things go wrong. And that's why it's so important to understand that, that out of this overflow of love, he wants it to flow over into other people so they can experience the same thing. Now, there's a passage we could we could probably go to a hundred different passages to 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 kind of drill down on it for a minute, but we're going to one from a book called First. Thessalonians. It's over in the New Testament. It's one of a number of letters. Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a Jew. He was a he was a Jew among Jews. He was a he was a Pharisee. He was one of those people that Jesus liked to liked to call out sometimes because of the way they uh, treated people. Uh, and and Paul was a Pharisee, which is a high. Let's just say a high ranking Jewish person. And he was in the process of of persecuting those early followers of Jesus. But he had this experience with Jesus that, in fact, transformed him, and he went from being a persecutor of Jesus to a follower of Jesus and started going out and, and starting up churches all over the area, Asia Minor at the time, as they called it, Turkey, Greece, that area, starting all these churches. And and he started one in a place called Thessalonica, hence 1 Thessalonians. Thessalonica is up at the very top of Greece. I didn't put a map in, but it's up there. Uh, Athens is down toward the bottom. And Thessalonica, back in those days, in the first century it was all part of the Roman Empire, and it was a favored city. The Thessalonicans were very loyal to Rome. Not everyone who Rome subsumed, whenever they kind of took over the area, was was as loyal and faithful to, to the Roman Empire as they were. So they, they were given certain freedoms, and they were able to worship, and they worshiped uh, pagan idols, little g gods and goddesses, and in all sorts of little temples. And so it was into this context that Paul started a church, probably a house church in, in someone's house. There, weren't, there was no first church of Thessalonica with columns out front or a worship center like this. It was someone's house is where it started. And then they spread and they had more house churches around the area. But as some of the early churches started with Jewish people who then converted to followers of Jesus... Most of the church at Thessalonica they were they were pagans, and what I mean by that it's not bad they were they were Gentiles. Uh, they which we're just mean we're, you're a Gentile, I'm a Gentile. That means we're not Jewish, and that's all that means. But but a lot of them were very connected to the culture. But but Jewish people tried to stay as separated from the culture as they could uh, because it defiled them. Uh, Gentiles didn't know to do that. They came out of these pagan uh, temples and religions, and so they were just all part of the culture. And the culture was Caesar is Lord, and when they worshipped, they worshipped Caesar like a little G, God. And so now into this, you've got these Christians, well, they weren't called Christians yet, followers of Jesus, who were saying that Jesus was God calling him Lord and it was creating an uproar people didn't like that they felt like that if word got out then suddenly Rome may think that everybody is rebelling against them and you didn't want you didn't want to be known as someone rebelling against Rome because they took care of that in a hurry. They tried to take care of Jesus on a cross. It uh, didn't work out for them very well, but they took care of a lot of people. So, So, there was this rub between the Thessalonian church and the Thessalonican people, the Thessalonian people at Thessalonica, uh, because they were afraid the Christians were going to stir up trouble. That happened actually in a lot of the places. So so Paul's in jail, and, and Paul had started that church, and it was doing pretty well, but he hadn't f- heard from them in a while. He sent Timothy, one of his helpers, who went to see him and reported back, yeah, you know, they're hanging in there, though some of them are starting to get a little faint. Uh, they're not coming together and worship quite as often as we'd like for them to and they're not, in other words they're not growing in faith the way they need to grow to stand up against the pressure of the culture so Paul writes this letter to them and and I'm going to zero down on one verse this is from first Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 12 and this is what Paul had to say and this is sort of the epicenter of that letter he said may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. Paul, the persecutor of followers of Christ, had become the chief follower of Christ. He sacrificed everything for Jesus. His love had overflowed into these churches. So did a lot of the helpers, and that's what he's talking about. So he wants them then to let God overflow, that overflow into their lives so it can then spill over into the other people around them as well so that instead of them being influenced by the culture, they would influence the culture. And there was a lot of culture clutter in those days. Uh, Let's face it, there's a lot of culture clutter these days amen i mean if you were to look at social media it's a it's a petri di- it's like a petri dish growing bacteria for our culture and the clutter of our culture and the way that it leads us away from this kind of love that Jesus calls us to in in first century rome in that culture love was a commodity love was categorized love was limited it was conditional Love might have been something you had for a spouse or another family member or maybe a very close friend, but you didn't just love people. And it was more of a feeling than uh, an action, which when Jesus talks about love, he's talking about a verb, not a noun. But, you know, the, the love of Christ was foreign to that culture. What? You love everybody? You even love your... You're kidding? You love your enemies? You're supposed to hate your enemies. No, no, no. Jesus would say, you love your enemies. You love everybody. You love them unconditionally. You love them selflessly. Whereas in Greco-Roman culture, you loved selfishly. You loved often for what you could get in return. So you see what I mean. There was a lot of clutter, culture clutter for them To work through and you didn't see a lot of these beautiful expressions of love and that's why Paul wanted them to continue growing in faith and remember that growing in faith is not necessarily amassing this huge catalog of information in your brain though I've said this many times the more you know about God the more you're going to want to know about God and the more you understand about that love But ultimately, when we're talking about growing in faith, we're talking about growing closer to God. And Basking in his presence through scripture, through prayer, through worship, through these things that we do that are all taken from his word. That's why we just sang that song, I'll take you at your word. That's what we want to do is take God at his word from his word. And that way we grow stronger. And then when, the, when this culture clutter comes, we can cut through it. I was, and, and here's an example. And you know what? You don't have to. You don't have to. To be all that holy and reverent to make a difference in a moment. Um, I was driving home Friday on Level Road. We live out Level Road, almost to Middlebrook Pike, and so I was driving on Level Road toward the interstate, and I was approaching Parkside Drive where it goes across, you know, Wasabi sits there on the right, and you turn left, to go to Turkey Creek. Well, you know, those two turn lanes on Friday afternoon are usually backed up into the left lane of Lovell Road, and they were on this day. And so, I, there was a car stopped in front of me, so I had to stop. Well, there was, there was a woman behind me who obviously needed to get somewhere far worse than anybody else in the area, needed to get somewhere, so she just lays down on her horn, And, you know, 40 years ago, um, I might have retaliated. (laughs) But in this case, I just smiled and I thought, really? Okay, what I would love to have said to her is, where would you have me go? Okay, you're behind me. There's a car in front of me. There's you know a curb over here and there's a car there I, There's nothing I can do. I'm, I'm sorry. You're having a bad day But but she, talk about a good driver She should be driving for NAS- in nascar races for sure because she was able to at the same time Blow her horn whip around me and and just barely get in front of a car that was coming up in the right-hand lane Without clipping its finger its fender and give me the stink eye as she went by I mean there was just one motion. It was in, it was incredible, and I thought you know, as, as we're talking about love this week, I always can't pinpoint what it is, but it's pretty easy to pinpoint what it isn't. And and all that all that was doing was creating more trouble. You know, nobody likes being out in traffic. But this is the impulse. The impulse of the culture far too often is an impulse of selfishness. It's a selfish impulse. I got to go where I got to go. I don't care where you're going. Just get out of my way. Whereas the love that Paul wanted to spill over from God, overflow into the Thessalonians and then flow over into other people is a selfless love love that just says it's okay. Now I'm not saying that we need to set ourselves up to get run over by everybody. I'm I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is we don't retaliate. And sometimes sometimes we may not know exactly what to do, but we know this. God's love cuts through the clutter and brings clarity. And sometimes that clarity is as simple as knowing what not to do. You know what I'm not going to do here? I'm not going to retaliate. I'm not going to blow my horn back. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to smile and maybe say a little prayer for that person because they're obviously having a bad day and maybe they'll get over it. This is, this is the kind of love that overflows from God, flows over into other people and changes moments for everybody you don't have to be in traffic you could be anywhere but when we let that that overflow love flow over into others we not only change ourselves but we change the situation around us and and there's far too much going on today there's far too much hate there's far too much impatience there's far too much name calling and social media again is just is just a it's a Epicenter of what of, for me of so much of what and there are good things on there, too Don't get me wrong and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Twitter and I'm on Facebook So I'm not being a hypocrite here, but I will tell you this. I have trimmed who I follow on Twitter dramatically to uh, Basically sports figures musicians and people who post these incredible videos, you know of cats You know that seem to say words and stuff like that. I, I know I know But but you know what I mean you can also just like that, you can find awful in a hurry. So, this is not what we're called to do. We are called We are called to let the overflow of God's love flow over from us into other people's lives. And if we're not growing in faith, if we're not saying our prayers, if we're not spending a little time in God's Word uh, every day, and that's the best way to do it, actually, just a little bit of time every day. We have a reading plan that you can get on our website that can help you do that, an organized reading plan that follows along the sermons. It's that important. It's been probably the best thing we've done at this church in a long time is to get everybody reading the Bible together. And, you know, I don't get it done every day. I'm not, again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite, but I get it done a lot more often than I miss. I at least spend a minute or two. Hopefully I spend more than that. But it makes a difference because it resets your heart, and it resets you, and it cuts through the clutter so that you can see what's really important. And what's really important is for us to reflect God in the world. We bear his image, and he needs us to do that in a world where his image is distorted far too often. And we do that by growing in faith. So how do we do? Okay, preacher, sounds pretty good. But but how do we do that? Let me read this from you, and then we're going to go down here to the table. Let me read this to you. This is from John 15. This is Jesus' words right before he went out to the garden to pray, when he was arrested, and the next day he was crucified. Here's what he said. He's talking to that inner circle of disciples. He's also talking to you and me this morning. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now... Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. That 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 word remains. It, it really it's it's close to live in, you know, like abide to live in a house. It's probably literally what it means. So, so the way we get this done, the way we are able to share Jesus' love, is to is to remain in it, to be in it, to go back to it, because it lodges in our heart and it will stay there and it will come out even whenever the clutter is great in our culture you've got another resource besides Twitter Instagram and Facebook or your news feed or whatever you're hearing at work or at school you have another resource there you have access to the love that created the universe the love that died on a cross you have access to that love at any given second to transform the world around you and to transform your world. And no matter how bad the clutter is, when we stay connected to Jesus, when we abide in him that way, it sticks. will tell you a quick story and we'll come come to the table. Um, I had an opportunity, and I've said this before, I had an opportunity to know... Um, General Carl Steiner, who was a four-star general, lived in La Follette uh, in his latter years. He lived all over the world. He ran special forces for many years. And I was just by just sheer stroke of luck that I had this opportunity to be around him some and get to know him. Um, I, uh, through, through the fireworks connection. Well, I was in Fort Benning on Thursday uh, for a, fire, a fireworks thing. I was with Lanson Hill, who owns Pyro Shows, and long, just to set this up. Carl... Met his wife, Sue, I think it was in 1961. He was a second lieutenant. He was at Fort Benning, and they were at a swimming pool. So about three years ago, Carl, like a lot of people his age, and he was getting much older, starting to, starting to be some clutter, starting to slow down, starting to be cloudy, starting to not remember, starting to be a lot quieter and withdrawing. Um, but he, but my friend Lanson wanted him to go to Fort Benning and be honored by them and have a chance to see Fort Benning again. So they went. And, and we were there for another event on Thursday. And we walked by the, at the same officer's club. It's still there. And instead of there being a swimming pool there, there, it's now a volleyball court. They'd filled it in. But at the volleyball courts where the swimming pool was. And Lanson told me the story I hadn't heard. When they were there three years ago, General Steiner, he really hadn't said much. And they, but they were back there where he had started. And he was, they were walking by that pool going into a ballroom for a celebration. And General Steiner stopped. And he pointed. And he said to no one in particular, but to everyone standing there, he said, she was standing right there. She was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. And then they walked on. Love. Love goes deep. Love cuts through the clutter. Love cuts through the clutter of the culture, the clutter of whatever's going on in our life. It does that between spouses. It does it among family members. And it does it with us in our relationship with God if we will abide in Jesus and stay close to Him through reading the Word, praying, devotional time. If we'll do those things... We can have that kind of closeness. And I don't care how much clutter there is, that love will come up. And what we will hear is then, when we're feeling like we're in a fog and there's clutter and we're not sure what's going on, what we will hear is, He's standing right here. And wherever we are, the Spirit will remind us, He's standing right here. And he's the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. And he loves you desperately. And he wants to overflow into you so that you can flow over into others that he loves just as much. He loved us so much that on that night took a loaf of bread there with his disciples Hours before his arrest, he broke it. And he said, this is my body. I selflessly give this to you so that you will remember me. When he said, do this and remember me, it's not, it's not remember the idea that I was around. Remember means, that's, that goes back to that abide in, dwell in, live in, be with. That's what he means when he says, remember. the cup of blessing he blessed it and he said drink this as often as you will and remember me abide in me live in me stay close to me and i will be closer to you than you can imagine and my love will pour into you and you can pour your love into others this is jesus this is how much he loves you and this is how much he wants you to love others we can do it he's here He's standing right here. Well, those who are going to serve, please come down and may we pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for loving us enough to die for us. We thank you, O God, for the power of the resurrection, the power of your love to overcome even death and bring life. Oh God, bless us as we come to this table. And may this simple gift of bread and juice become for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be the body of Christ, redeemed by His blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.